Ladies and gentlemen, get ready as we drop the gloves and take on everything from the Federal Hockey League. From weekly scores to postseason madness, here to set the ice on fire is your host, Jose Bahina. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ice on Fire podcast, keeping you up to date on everything from the Federal Hockey League. I am Jose Bahina coming to you from the Apache Pine Virtual Studio. Apache Pine is the lifestyle brand for the adventurous. Check out the link in the show description to ApachePine.com and see how every purchase from Apache Pine helps in their effort to donate uh, meals and also replant trees. Uh, 70,000 meals, 37,000 trees to date. So we're going to jump into what we had going on this past week uh, in the FHL. Got to dial it back a little bit. Uh, ch- all the way back to New Year's Eve, first episode of 2019. Uh, I know we skipped, I think, one episode a few weeks back for uh, the Christmas holiday, but right back into it now, and uh, feels good. Feels good. Thanks for tuning in. So, uh, starting off with our news, uh, we had a couple of the um, monthly awards given out by the Federal Hockey League. Gary Pargatch of Carolina. Uh, received the Rookie of the Month, Christian Pavlas, Goaltender of the Month, and Tyler Gierich, Player of the Month, uh, league-wide awards. That's pretty uh, pretty nice to, way to show a little love for the guys from Carolina and Tyler Gierich from the Watertown Wolves. And spoiler alert, Carolina has hit a 13-game winning streak, uh, putting it all down, uh, putting down everything that's coming their way so far. Elmira, they were on their five-game winning streak, which was snapped over the uh, past weekend in the guaranteed game against Carolina. Um, not a lot to talk about about that. We'll mention what, exactly what happened because I think that uh, tweet was made from the Elmira account right afterwards uh, with the guarantee. We'll get into that in a little bit, though. And actually, also, we'll talk about a uh, little bit of digging that I had to do in the FHL record book to find who has been the best teams in the FHL in the history of the H- FHL. And if we'd be able to see a record at the end of the season to match that. And of course, as always, you can tweet us at JB two media pro or rather that's the email address JB two media pro at gmail.com or tweet us at JB two media. Just no pro on the end of the tweet. Um, if you want to join in on any of the, Topics, conversations, you can, like I said, uh, tweet us there. Let us know what your thoughts are. But we'll dive right into our weekend recap. Looking, well, I say weekend, but really, I mean, this goes all the way back to the uh, Monday night games for December 31st, New Year's Eve games. That uh, slate brought us Watertown hosting Elmira. That one went to the Watertown Wolves, a 4-3 to three in a shootout. Uh Shootouts looking like it was Cameron Demet and Anton Kalinin giving Watertown the edge in the shootout as the only goal being scored for Elmira and that uh, Stephen Timofey. Uh, coming up short, but nonetheless, look, ended the, Water, uh, the Elmira Enforcers' five-game winning streak. Beyond that, we had the Dashers at Carolina Thunderbirds uh, in Winston-Salem for the New Year's Eve game there. Uh, that one... Big win for the Carolina Thunderbirds, keeping their streak rolling. Six to two win. 
despite the goals being sti- uh, stolen away from Danville on a power play, Stephen Gall and Daniel Martin with an even strength win late in the third uh, to give the Dashers another one, but still coming up short against the Carolina Thunderbirds. Also, we had the Port Huron Prowlers at the Mentor Icebreakers. That one uh, coming up for the Icebreakers, 5-4. to four. Goals being scored in that one for Mentor. Uh, Vaughn Clouston getting two of those himself. Peter Porco with another one. And Thomas McKinnon as well. Uh, ringing in the new year right for the Icebreakers that night. Moving on, we have to look at that Friday night. Uh, starting off in the first arena for uh, the Elmira Enforcers of the Carolina Thunderbirds. This one was a little bit of a strange uh, beast in itself. As we mentioned, it was the guaranteed game. Uh, Elmira Enforcers had tweeted out uh, on New Year's Eve uh, that that night they were going, that would be the night they were facing off against Carolina Thunderbirds and prepared to guarantee a victory straight from the ownership uh, that if they didn't win, Everyone in attendance would get two free tickets to the Saturday night game against Mentor, uh, which was a phenomenal move by them. I like it. I think it's brash, bold, and, well, it works out pretty nice, especially, hey, you already have the best attendance numbers. It's a win-win. Although, unfortunately, they did have to uh, at least try to make good on that promise because the... Carolina Thunderbirds ended up with a 2-1 to one victory that night uh, in First Arena. Uh, goals scored by Stan Vlaskoff and Josh Petrantonio, uh, despite the one nothing lead early on from Glenn Patterson that really fired up the Elmira crowd. Uh, but no, not a problem because they could jump right back in it on the next, uh, next night against the Icebreakers. And like I said, you're guaranteed a full house. That's... Said you can't can't lose on that one. Uh, same on Friday night, the Icebreakers were in Watertown, facing off against the Wolves. That one going, of course, like I said, when you have the leading goal scorer in the entire league, Tyler and Tyler Gurich, Watertown Wolves uh, decimated at seven to two, a victory for the Wolves over the Icebreakers. Uh, again. Goals being scored by Matthew uh, Kaudoff and Nathan Farrington. For the Icebreakers, everything else, pure Watertown Wolves between Gavin Yates, Tyler Gierich, Kyle Powell, uh, and George Holt putting up the seven goals to really just secure that victory. Uh, Yates with three goals uh, of his own, earning the first star for the game. Uh, And another, like I said, solid victory for the Watertown Wolves that night. Last game on the slate for that Friday night was the Port Huron Prowlers at the Danville Dashers. That one going the Prowlers' way 3-2 to two with the only two goals for the Danville squad coming both from Justin Bronson uh, as he tried to fight uphill at home against the Port Huron Prowlers. It just didn't work out for them. Moving on to Saturday night, the Icebreakers, as we mentioned, we're going to be visiting the Elmira Enforcers in the free ticket night and luckily for the Elmira fans, that one did go the Enforcers' way, five to four in a overtime. Uh, last goal coming being scored by Sean Reynolds in overtime with just uh, just a minute and two seconds into it to put away the victory for the Elmira Enforcers over the Mentor Icebreakers, and then action resumed in Watertown the next that night 
Carolina coming in to play the Watertown Wolves for the first time in Watertown. Uh, first time of the season, rather. And that one went Carolina's way after being a slow, slow start to that game. 40 minutes of no scoring. Josh Petrantonio opened it up for Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Gurich coming in uh, just over a minute later to put one back on the board for Watertown. Unfortunately, was the only one uh, for the Wolves. As just, uh, again, under a minute later, Everett Thompson came back with another score. Yuri Pargotch, Peter Bernacic, and Petrantonio putting it away for the Carolina Thunderbirds to keep their streak going to 13. Uh, the last game on the slate that night, Prowlers versus Dashers again. This one not quite as close, but a little back-and-forth action kept it interesting. Uh, as Danville scored first, Eric Masters, followed by Austin Federley for Port Huron. Before Danville just opened up with Cody Oaks, uh, Patrick Zillak putting two up and leading the Dashers to a victory in that one uh, over the Port Huron Prowlers, like I said, five to two. Not a bad weekend for uh, any of these teams, really. That does leave our official Federal Hockey League standings. As followed, as we have the Carolina Thunderbirds in first place still, uh, 859 winning percentage, and uh, oh, there's 67 points. Watertown in second place. Uh, their point total coming to 43 with a winning percentage of 597. Elmira in third place, uh, 38 points, 507 in the winning percentage column. Danville in fourth place with 29 points, 38. 387 in the winning percentage, uh, followed closely by, closely by by Port Huron, 29 points, and .372 on the winning percentage. Mentor bringing up the rear with 19 points, .264 on the winning percentage. Uh, that's going to wrap up the weekend recap. Uh, and speaking, like I said, of the standings, that's going to be part of the focus afterwards. Uh, what we're going to get into a little bit uh, after the break here on what is the best winning percentage in the entire history of the FHL and if we could see see a repeat of it or better. Uh, so I think with that, I'll take the first break here. Uh, and like I said, we'll get to that when we come back. Our Ice on Firepower ranks and the upcoming weekends and picks. So stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, so I can tell you two things. One, I hate we're paying for sunglasses. And two, you probably are. That's why you should check out Detour Sunglasses. They're a great company with a simple philosophy that high-quality sunglasses shouldn't cost so much. With over 75 different combinations of frames, lens colors, and even limited edition patterns, Detour has a set of sunnies to match your style. And if you head over to DetourSunglasses.com right now, you can even save 20% off your first order with promo code JB2M. Plus, all U.S. orders ship for free. So what are you waiting for? Go to DetourSunglasses.com today and start saving on your style. Welcome back to the Ice on Fire. I am Jose Mejina, coming to you from the Apache Pine Virtual Studio. <clears throat> As I struggle to find my voice. Apache Pine is the lifestyle brand for the adventurous. You can check out ApachePine.com in the show description. See how every purchase from Apache Pine helps in an effort to donate uh, over 70,000 meals and replant over 70 
37,000 trees a day. I got to check that number's probably actually gone up. They sell so much. <clears throat> of course, I'm wearing my Apache Pine uh, one watch today. Actually, I wore it earlier uh, before the show. Actually, I'll, I was going to tweet out some pictures of it. I actually wore it out on a hiking trip this morning to uh, <clears throat> a local mountainous area. So that was pretty fun. And uh turns out the watch works up there, too, at 2,400 feet above sea level. So, of course, uh, let's see, where are we at? Okay. <clears throat> of course, like I said, there was the guarantee uh, from Elmira about winning. That's not really, like, it didn't work out in their favor, but I still think it was smart. <clears throat> and that gives Carolina their 13th straight game. So I was kind of looking through the history books and saying, well, okay, the largest streak... <clears throat> they don't really keep up with that very well. I do know Port Huron had, I think, a 20-game streak last year, which uh, would be the biggest that I could find, uh, at least written document of. And <clears throat> then I started to think about, well, all right, what was the best winning percentage ever posted? And I know back in the day, the uh, Dayton Demons were a good team. And for a while, it stood that their 20 to, uh, 2020 to 2013 season actually was one of the best in the Federal Hockey League of all time. In fact, it was the best. for a, It stood for a while uh, with a winning percentage of uh, 8.04, and that was in 51 games with 123 points. Uh, unfortunately, they were swept by the Danbury Whalers in the playoffs that year. Oops, but... Uh, nevertheless, that record was unbeaten for five years until last year. I mean, that was how long it stood. Uh, it stood longer than the Dayton Demons did. But Port Huron last year actually posted the highest winning percentage in Federal Hockey League history, uh, with a winning percentage of point eight two four in fifty two or fifty three games and one hundred thirty one points. But we know how that went. They ended up losing three straight to give the Watertown Wolves their second cup. So <clears throat> while it may seem that winning, you know, it's it's obvious, direct correlation of uh, having a great season does not mean you're going to win the playoffs. It's, you know, it's a whole different monster then. <clears throat> but I looked at it, and right now the Carolina Thunderbirds are 22, 22 wins in this season out of a potential 58, which means they have a guaranteed uh, .379 winning percentage, I think. So that's not, <clears throat> you know, nothing to write home about, but I'm saying they're guaranteed that if they lost, I mean, that means if they lost the other, what is it, to 36 games of this season, if they didn't win another game, they would have .379. No, like I said, nothing to brag about, but that, I mean, that's what they're sitting up currently. And they still do have the potential, like I said, Port Huron having the best uh, ever, followed by the Dayton Demons. They could still get into that kind of territory right now, but they'd have to win 48 of their 58 games, uh, meaning they could only lose 10 games. And they've already lost four of those, so they only have you know six other gimmies if they want to pass uh, with a winning percentage of point to uh, seven. So, while, like I said, it's not impossible at this moment, it is a very narrow margin for them. But it'd be kind of interesting. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I feel like the Port Huron team last year just 
had something special going for them uh, in that regards. And like I said, a massive streak. Carolina's still on theirs, though, and I believe I believe that our uh, poll is still open on Twitter. If not, we're going to have to redo that because I'm just interested to see how far they could take it. And as the result of the last poll that we put up last week with uh, one concerning Elmira's winning streak, uh, they did have that. Uh, it was 100% six. Uh, so I guess that was a little bit of an oversight on that front by the ice on fire uh, voters but the carolina streak uh, that poll ended with a 50 percent vote for 14 plus so we're gonna have to re uh, redo that one see how long we can keep it up maybe another five games we'll see how it goes um really we're gonna dive into the ice on fire power ranks uh, like i said the official ranks have been out there and these are completely unrelated and subjective to only our opinions, but uh, with the past, the way the past weekend, our three-day stint, we'll say, went for the teams, we'll look at it this way, that we have in sixth place uh, the Mentor Icebreakers, like I said, I think they feel a little flatter, uh, dropping from the five spot down to six, uh, I think, I'm not going to say they're entirely, it's their season's not done, obviously. We have way too much hockey left to play for that, you know. But I think when you look at it this way, and they're in dead last uh, with 17 losses, six wins, uh, the you know, 18 losses, however you want to slice it, it's still, it. I mean, they had the one good burst earlier this year, uh, you know, shutting out Carolina, uh, you know, and they won a couple of games back-to-back, but, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think they might just be relegated to that fifth or sixth spot at this point. Um, so that's going to put them there. And I think despite despite them being back over Port Huron in the actual rankings, I think Danville is still a number five team up from the sixth spot last week. Um, I just don't know if they've got it together yet. Port Huron seems to have really grasped, grasped onto uh, how to fix – what they've had uh, lately. I mean, I know they're still six and ten, uh, six and four on the last ten, but I think they're working it out. And like I said, historically, Danville has not been the better between those two teams. Uh, so I think it's probably going to come back to uh, Port Huron putting up a bigger fight for that fourth spot when it comes down to it. And like I said, you look at Danville one and nine in the last ten, uh, snapping that nine-game losing streak. So we'll see how it goes. But I have Port Huron in the fourth spot, the same as last week, honestly. I I saw what I expected to see from Port Huron. I'll put it that way. And third place, I still have I still have the Watertown Wolves because I just Yes, they have the same, you know, uh, they're they're six and four in the last ten. They lost the game to Carolina, but I mean, they you know they won big over Mentor this past weekend. Um, you know, one big over Port Huron too. But I just I think when you're talking about you know looking at a playoff scenario, the teams you know uh, that they're going to be playing in the playoffs: Carolina, Watertown, or Carolina, Danville, Elmira, Port Huron. I think you know, like I said, when a push comes to shove, they might be in trouble if they keep playing that way against. Uh, the better teams. 
So I'm going to put them at third, three for right now. And I still have Elmira as second place. Now, before anyone bites my head off and says, well, hey, Watertown beat Elmira uh, just on New Year's Eve. And then they beat the Icebreakers right after that. When, you know, Elmira lost the game to Carolina and then uh, won one. It's more of a, I really think this is like when we get to slicing it really thin between the six teams where the gap between the two and three spot really isn't that far right now. Like I said, Carolina is clear cut right now to be a number one for about anything you could possibly put it out, uh, throw at them other than, you know, Elmira having the uh, much better uh, attendance record right now. But like I said, again, you Elmira and Carolina are both, like I said, that's they're both head and shoulders above the rest of the league in that respect. So the gap between one and two is really big right now. And before anyone decides to say, wait a minute now, you know, the Wolves won their game <clears throat> uh, against Elmira on New Year's Eve. You know, they won their game against the Icebreakers. And, you know, Elmira lost the one to Carolina. Uh, well, like I said, you have to look at it this way. The gap between two and three right now is the narrowest spot in the power ranks because Carolina, like I said, obviously is a runaway at the moment with, the, with you know, being the best team. Like I said, in about any category you throw at them except for goal scoring and attendance. But like I said, when you look at, at the whole body of work, I think that's pretty much the way you have you would have to slice it. But the gap between two and three is really, like I said, it's more of a 2A, 2B situation right now. And I'm leaving Elmira on top because I think this weekend will really show and solidify uh, which one is the better team between those two. And so... Like I said, putting, putting that to rest for right now because we do have to talk about our upcoming weekend, which does include Elmira at Watertown. That is going to be a 7.30 puck drop in the Watertown uh, Municipal Arena. Also, in, uh, on that Friday night, we're going to have, if my schedule would stop sliding away from me, we also have Danville at Carolina 7.35 puck drop. Port Huron at Mentor. Uh, 7.35 as well before the Saturday night games. Danville at Carolina, that's a 7.05 puck drop. Watertown then goes to the Enforcers to play in First Arena. 7.05 puck drop that night, and Mentor at Port Huron again. 8 o'clock uh, puck drop for that one. So it's going to be an interesting weekend. Like I said, we get to see the Elmira-Watertown, the New York battle. And like I said, that's really going to be what I think is going to really have the biggest effect on the Ice on Fire power ranks um, for next week. Uh, going down to the picks from last week, like I said, we got a couple to go through here. With the nine games over the week, um, like I said, the three-day period, we had the nine games. We actually, for the first time, have gone nine for nine, uh, as I guess Gina B kind of convinced me to go with the Carolina over Watertown, even though I thought that would go Watertown's way. Um we have, oh, that was, like I said, we'll start at the top, Watertown, uh, yep, over Elmira, Carolina over Danville, Port Huron, uh, Mentor that went for the Icebreakers, yeah, so we went 9 for 9, first time being 100%, uh, overall 45 for 60, I think that's 70, about 74%, and so I'm, uh, I think that is, uh, like I said, that puts us back up almost to uh, where we were, we were 70%. Now we're up 74 after falling from uh, over the weeks. 
But so that puts me in a little bolder position, I feel like, myself, personally speaking. And with that, I want to uh, be bold. I want to be as bold as the the guarantee Elmira ticket game. So being that bold, I'm actually going to say I think Watertown hosts Elmira. So I'm going to go with the enforcers on that. I think they could they can beat the Wolves uh, in that contest. And I, th- I feel like it's it's going to be a good win for the enforcers if they do. Danvillette, Carolina, Thunderbirds. Uh, Port Huron at Mentor. I think the Prowlers can uh, continue to spread the gap a little bit there between uh, five and six, and they'll come away with a win that night too. Uh, the January 12th contest, Danville at Carolina. Again, Carolina. Uh, Watertown at Elmira. I feel like the crowd and energy at Elmira's uh, first arena is going to be Absolutely stoked. Like this is the scenario I'm playing out in my head. I feel like they're going to be stoked to host the Wolves after they just beat them, and I feel like they're going to get another win and really start to put a little uh, wedge between that second and third place in our power ranks. Uh, Elmira gets another win. Mentor splits the series with Port Huron over the weekend. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. Like I said, I'm I'm feeling a little loose on my picks, so I'm going to play it, play it loose. Uh, picked up a few extra percentages on the picks for the year. So I feel, feel emboldened and I want to uh, risk that on uh, seeing how we can pick this uh, part for the following week. Uh, really, that's all. I think that's going to bring me to an end for this week. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully we have great FHL action throughout the 2019 uh, portion of this season leading up to the Commissioner's Cup playoff. And make sure you tune in next week when we discuss which FHL team has the best arena nickname. Oh, you know what? That might be not be a false lead-in. We might actually talk about that. <laughs>